The following hoot nanny will be explicit. Oh, we had this good idea. Well, it seemed good at the time. Now half our party's dead, and that sure ain't a good sign. So now we're back to character, Jen, our error we now see. So before we try out plan A, let's figure out plan B. Oh, we had this good idea. You're listening well, to Happy Jack's RPG time. Podcast, now pursuing the RPG dead. hobby with reckless abandon and beer. So now we're back to character, Jen, our error we now see. So before we try out plan A, let's figure out plan B. Thank you for joining us for Season 14, Episode 8 of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. I'm Dave. I'm Tim. Uh, Tim? Who the hell is Tim? (laughs) We got a new guy. Behold. So who are you and what do you do that makes you famous? Uh, Well, I'm not famous at all. Uh, However, (laughs) Get out. (laughs) Uh, No, I've I've just been gaming since, you know, junior high school. I started with the, uh, uh, the, the Red Basic Expert set. Uh, edited by expert i remember expert yeah yeah the yeah. basic expert mm-hmm. book i started with those and uh, you know it's been downhill ever since i i ran a small press publishing company for a couple of years oh did you really yeah 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 i sure did doing um fudge games mm-hmm. and then when uh mongoose took over runequest mm-hmm. i did some runequest stuff oh really yeah okay. that, that's runequest 2 it mongoose was it was Mong- it was the first mongoose runequest okay. the right. one that everybody hated but it was that's all of them. Well, well that's true. Yeah, 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 that's true. But it was under the OGL, so we could write stuff for it and publish was it. it really? Was, yeah, yeah. The uh, uh, the first Mongoose World RuneQuest was released under the OGL. Hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, so now and I've just been gaming with a bunch of the guys that do the podcast right. regularly for a long time. It's funny because <coughs> I've heard a lot about you and your games the because same. we have a lot of mutual yeah. friends, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but we have not. We had never met. And I've been hearing about you for years. Yeah, right, exactly. Right. So we met at a party. Like two weeks ago or something. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. And the, he he ran the the game, the infamous game where um, Bruce's character was kept shitting on people. Oh, God, right. the shit zombie yeah. game. <laughs> I I still have nightmares about that. Do you? That's oh, daily. It was terrible. It's, it was horrible. That's actually funny. How the first funny. time I ended up gaming with Tim yeah. was, he was like, I don't want to play with that guy for a while. <laughs> I need no, to take a was, break. He was okay. So that was the subtext. That, that was the subtext. The the, the main reason was uh, it was his first season with the Boggards, and he had right. started fair. Yes, it was and, fair season as and, well. And I wanted to keep gaming. And right, you know, the, we disappear for three months. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. And the, the the truth was, uh, you know, it was nice to run games where people weren't shitting on each other. For that was nice. Dave is capable of doing some pretty shitty things in games too. Sure, sure. He poops in people's <laughs> grog. I did. <laughs> I know everyone's poop stories. Nice. Yeah. nice. <laughs> I catalog them. I save them for later. Because look, if you're in a situation where you're in a small environment like a pirate ship, the one person on the ship you don't want to piss off is the cook. Exactly. I take it you were the cook? Just, yep. And just, someone pissed you off? Yeah. yeah. So you, you made him a moose turd pie? No, it was it was everybody. Well, we were on this ship and part of the story was that we had... To have our daily ration of grog, right, and it was essentially just to keep the crew pacified. Like, okay, well, if they're all a little tipsy, they're not going to try and mutiny or make plans because they're all having a good time. So everybody, ha- it was forced on you; you had to drink it. So this guy was a dick, and I put a little extra in his cup before his ration, and then gave it to him. And you know, 
the first mate standing there with a whip on his hip. You're not going to drink it? <laughs> Your choice. The <laughs> <laughs> little something extra was a turd. Yes. If I recall correctly. Yes. Right. Yeah. I also ground up glass and put it in the first mate's food. Oh, damn, dude. Over months. Really? So then, by the time we actually had our mutiny, he was basically unable to do anything but bleed out of all of his orifices. <laughs> <laughs> so we're such sociopaths sometimes. Yeah. He deserved it. Did he? The start of the game is you all wake up Shanghai into working a crew on this boat. Oh. <laughs> that was that was what Bruce said. That the guy deserved it. He yeah. honestly thought this poor NPC deserved to be killed as he's being shit into his mouth, then raised as a zombie so that he can be shit on and killed again twice. <laughs> God damn. That was <laughs> one death is not enough for you. No, that was it. I think you only knew about the first shitting. No, I, there, did there was Jesus. I didn't hear about that. Wow. Yeah. Oh, fucked up my mother. That's not letting yeah. me go. <laughs> so, uh, are you going to the, uh, was it Orcon? Yes. It's in a couple weeks. Are you going to work on? I'm not. You're not. Okay. Are you? You're. Yep. You're. You guys are running. Running. Oh, I gotta. I gotta pitch it. Oh, pitch it. Because we need three more players still. You're not full. No. Wow. Here's the thing. Mm-hmm. All of our Happy Jacks games crowded oh. in at that nine o'clock hour. Sure. So we diluted the power of the people that usually come to our games. So, like, uh, I think your game's full. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, Tyler, last I looked, only had four out of six. Uh, oh. Bill had f- three out of, or maybe it's the opposite, but three out of six. And Stark no, did, and I only did had they three out of six. Make sure to let them know when yes. they signed up. Let the game f- get full during yep. pre. Yeah, okay. yeah. Jim takes care of all that for us. It's awesome. He's he's rad. I always put a note in there. But what's your game? Uh, Stork and I are running a new freak show adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, this time it's going to be. I'm not going to give away too much because Tim's going to play test it next weekend. Oh, yeah. okay. Um, but <coughs> it's a small town in Canada that uh, has gone dark. Essentially, they're you know not no longer communicating with mm-hmm. the outside world, and this happened shortly after, just outside their town, a World War II era German U-boat was uncovered in the river, entirely based on truth. Right. Wow. This was actually something that happened right. in the St. Lawrence River up in Canada in Newfoundland. Like two hundred miles up the river, they discovered in the silt Frozen at the bottom in the, in the ice and this this U boat and people don't. I mean, they haven't gotten down to it yet because it's way down in the silt under this river and it's a big, huge archaeological expedition to try and get it and the cost. Oh, it's going to be fascinating. Yeah, I will. But the question is, did the crew end up dying and they're there, or did they get there, get off the boat and scuttle the ship? So then these. Random Germans it, end yeah, up blending like into a, Newfoundland. It could be like a crypt, yeah, right? Totally, it yeah, could, totally, yeah, yeah, it could be just wow. full of dead Germans, or it could be abandoned and, and put there because at the end of the war things were going badly, and they decided to hunt for God October it, right? And, and hide out in Canada. Who knows? It's Fascinating. What a, a great place to go and hide. Yeah, right. everyone loves Newfies. Right. All they do is drink, right, and listen to Celtic music, and they tend to also. Blend easily with people of German descent. There yeah. you go. Yeah. So you know, who knows? Who knows? So they discovered this ship and have started to unearth it in our story, and the town has lost contact. And that's so the 
That's Savage Worlds, right? Yeah, it's going to yeah. be in the Savage Worlds. Mm-hmm. Um, and the our freak show team is the you know the literal. They're all freaks from a freak show that right. are also Scooby Doo style paranormal investigators. Right on the side, so they are called in to figure out what's going on. So you can still go to strategicon.net if you're going to the con and you can sign up for that game. Yes, right now, nine a.m. on Saturday. Nine a.m. on Saturday. Do it. My games are full. Yes. Only four players each, though. I think I'm in your which is D and D two o'clock Saturday game. I don't know which one that which is. Which I think is more than truth. Oh, it is. Okay, right. That's when we're going to try a, a, an abbreviated version of character generation. Yeah, it's like a traveler esque, but quick. So, all right. Um, let's read the first email. You want to do with the honors since you're since you're the newbie. Sure, sure, sure. Starts with new listener, noob RPG or noob GM. The whole thing? thing? Yeah, read the whole email. It goes the it, whole thing. Welcome. <laughs> 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 so uh Welcome. okay. All right. I'll be right back. Okay. You want me to just keep reading? Yeah, I'll on. keep reading. All right. No, so this is an email from Simon, a new listener, noob RPG or noob GM. He says, uh, thanks for the great podcast. They have made a big difference to me recently. He's been listening for about eight days, and he's uh, listened to the last two seasons, available on iTunes. So he's basically a noob GM. However, he's also a noob RPGer. Uh, he bought the Age of Rebellion beginner set. That's a Star Wars thing, right? You know, I, I'm i not familiar with it. Yeah, I think that's a Star Wars thing. Is it part of the whole new, like the new Star Wars I think so, yeah, oh, yeah, I think on. so. Uh, so he says, uh, I bought the Age of Rebellion beginner set to play with my nine-year-old, who is a freaking amazing role player, coming up with great stories and ideas, by the way, which is what I hoped. That's awesome. Yeah, that's totally awesome. I played, uh, 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 original D&D, the three brown books with my girlfriend's son for a long time. He loved it. Anyway, I'm intruding on this guy's email. No, that's uh, what we do. <laughs> so he says, um, so he would like to play with it. Uh, so he says... Uh, and he decided he would like to play with other players. Uh, and he recommends that we try it out in our group and that Stork and Stu would probably like it, although they're whinging about the die. The dice. So, uh, so he says... Yeah, that probably is the new Star Wars thing. Yeah, Because it yeah, has yeah. the funky dice. What is it? Um, like, it, when you buy the game, it comes with a set of these weird... Like, they're D8s, but they have weird symbols on them. Oh, okay. So, it's, you know, you roll the die and it's like a number of successes and number of failures and and that, but it's all the symbols on the die instead of numbers. Oh, gotcha. Like the new Warhammer or uh, yeah. the One Ring, which all come with custom dice, too. Yep. Uh, so anyway, uh, he says, I've only taken a part in a handful of RPG sessions on Roll20, but he couldn't find anyone playing the Star Wars games he would like at the right time of day, so on and so forth. He says he also lives in the countryside in the UK, uh, and that he has no local gaming groups nearby. He says, when I was growing up, I didn't have anyone to play RPGs with, and so I have no experience in RPGs either. Although he does say he used to play the uh, odd single-player adventures and the old Steve Jackson books. Rock on. Yeah. So his question is, really, can a noob player and a noob GM actually run decent games? Uh, he says a whole bunch of other stuff. He says that uh, he, his fear is that he has no good examples to draw from, that he doesn't know what a good GM does, that he has no uh, feel for the kind of people playing when things are going well, when things are going bad, etc. Uh, the positives uh, of that are because that of because of that, he doesn't have any bad examples uh, that he's following. 
So he says he's very good at developing worlds. He loves developing NPCs. He loves doing cartography. And he's really good at coming up with story themes and arcs and all that kind of stuff. And he's also really good at doing the whole yes and thing, which is a... That's the most important thing. Yeah, it totally (laughs) is. Uh, So he wants to know what he should do. Should he play more games online as a player first? Um, Should he... he's, He's run a campaign game that had a mixed response... Or should he just get back on that horse and keep falling off? He wants to know if he should run more beginner sessions. Uh, he says that listening to the podcast has got him thinking again and some great advice. Is there anything else you should read? Maybe listening to live plays, uh, other good GM suggestions. And uh, I have to apologize to him. Um, he he loves hearing the beautiful American lady accents like Kimmy. And uh, he didn't get to hear her read that. And so I'm sorry... That you got to hear my dulcet tones reading off your email and not Kimmy's. Fanboy penis. <laughs> Fanboy penis. I could I could probably be Timmy and use a you know a falsetto voice if you'd like. <laughs> what should I do? Should I play more games online as a player first? But I don't think that would get the same uh, right same reaction. So so that's his main question: is can a noob player and a noob GM actually run decent games? Well, I, I I actually had a thought about this as I was reading the okay. the notes yeah, beforehand, and that is that every GM, every good GM, started off as a noob. That's right, absolutely. And you know, when I started playing D anD D, I didn't come into a group. I I got it for Christmas because I saw some kids playing it at school, and I wanted it, and my folks got it for me, and I an- immediately took on the role of the GM, having no idea what I was doing. So I think I think the thing is, he's already said that he's really good at creating story arcs. He's really good at creating NPCs. Um, if he just takes that and works with it and listens to the people who are playing with him, I think he's going to be off to a really good start. Yeah, I I, <clears throat> I played <laughs> one session of D anD D before I started DMing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one. I mean, the, the, we had a friend. I've told the story many times. We had a friend played in his basement, loved it. Went out and got the DMG. Within a week, I was running games. I don't know how I was running them without a player's handbook, but I was. And we didn't have dice. We had these little chits. I have a basic set at home that actually still has the chits uncut. Uncut? Really? Wow. That's awesome. awesome. But... uh, and, and and that's back then. That's how most of us started. Yeah, we mm-hmm. had to. I mean, that we didn't have this big community of people on the internet where you could get in touch with each other and go out and easily find a group. Sure, you just ran it. You just ran what you wanted, and you know, there as far as pointers, I don't know. I, I would run. I, I always suggest making characters. That's one of the first things to do with any game system yes. that I come up to new. Yep. Whether I'm a, whether you're a new GM or it's a new system you're looking at, start out with character creation. See how characters are made and kind of see where the ranges of things are. See where the power levels are. Make a couple, two or three characters and run com- and run combats between the characters. Yeah, totally. Or run combats between characters <laughs> and the monsters in case of D and D if you need to, and and try to familiarize yourself with some of that stuff and take it easy on yourself. Also realize that. You're not going to go in knowing every rule off the top of your head. The player's going to throw right. you a curveball. You, right. Maybe you'll remember wh- what that rule is. Maybe you won't. You probably won't. It's okay. Number one, learn how grappling works. Yeah. You should always read the grappling <laughs> yeah. rules. Cause that, cause especially if you're playing with people who are unfamiliar with role-playing games, 
because the first thing they want to do is grab the bad guy. Grab onto the guy, right. And stop him from doing bad things. And then you're like, that's complicated. Right. I hold on. And (laughs) if you know that part, it helps a lot. Uh, Honestly, though, some of the things he mentioned, um, try listening to some actual plays, ours and others. Mm -hmm. Um, Absolutely. Ours will not help you with rules. No, they're not going to help you with rules, but they might help you with... Just table interaction. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they'll they'll kind of see how the game develops and how it flows, and and how the, whoever's running the game reacts to the random things the players do. You know, uh, right? It's <coughs> excuse me. It's not. Uh, it's not just a, an issue of developing the world and the NPCs and everything. It's an issue of how quickly can you react to the random shit your players are going to throw out at you because they do. No matter how much you prepare, and it's been said before, no plan survives c- first contact with the enemy. Exactly. That's right. and totally true. <clears throat> whatever they come up with is not something you're, you'll have thought of. And so, don't, don't block that shit. When they come no. up with a, a solution that you have not anticipated, just kind of piece together in your mind, okay, how are the bad guys going to react to this? If this is a surprise for me, is it a surprise for them as well? Mm-hmm. Are they going to be flat-footed? Are they going to be sit, sit there flummoxed with their jaws on the ground? You know, it, it, are they going to have to scramble to try to save their evil plot? You know, try to figure out in your head fairly what this unexpected thing is going to do. Don't say, "Oh, you can't do that," or "Oh, yeah, they anticipated that." Yeah. Don't block what the players are trying to do. Remember, you're all trying to create a, a story together, and they're the right. they're the they're your 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 protagonists, they're your heroes. Let them be heroes. And when they come up with some brilliant way to, to foil your plot, cheer them on. That's uh, Stork and I were running our Traveler Con game uh, a few cons back, and we had come up with this whole... It was the scenario where they essentially had to save Charlie Sheen and get him out of town before he made a big scene. Um, but I, I don't even, Chaz was the name of the guy mm-hmm. in our pseudo universe, but it was Charlie Sheen. Um, and, uh, he, uh, the, the group that was playing the play test went according to kind of where we thought it was going to go. So, right. you know, we had set up encounters and things and paparazzi that they were trying to avoid and, and all that stuff. So it was a little bit like combat, but without killing people because, no matter who you're trying to extract from a, a fancy hotel, you can't just start shooting folks out front to get <laughs> past them without getting your picture taken. Right. So, you know, they had to figure out ways around that. When we got to the con game, they spent like an hour of our con time out of, you know, one out of four hours coming up with every possible way they could figure this out. Somebody came up with cover identities. They rented the room next door. Mm-hmm. They rented the rooms around, like, Above and below, and you know all of that. So no one could eavesdrop. Somebody right. went and got like hotel uniforms from the laundry service. Those pe- those sound like people who like, are, are used to playing like Shadowrun. Yeah, yeah, it was <laughs> yeah. totally like that. And they came up with this massive, complicated, multi-tiered plan to extract the guy. And so essentially, I ended up throwing out all those encounters because they had prepared so damn well. I was like, As it wouldn't should, make right. sense for yeah. me to be like. Oh, yeah, so you guys made all these plans, but there's a photographer in that secret back corridor you found. Like, that that would be shitty. Right. So, yeah, it was it was a little bit scary for a little while in the middle of a con game to be like, um, there's, we got, to, new things are going to happen. 
Sure. Here and, you go. And the, the thing is, as a noob GM, uh, you're always going to make mistakes. And you're always going to have problems with the rules. Sure. And, and that's okay. You just get past them. You just work past them and you go, I remember the first games I ran in D&D, I didn't <coughs> know the difference between hit dice and hit points. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah, it was great. <laughs> so, you know, I was like, wow, these... these these characters are just tearing through everything I put in front of them. So I was like, awesome, I'll put this ancient red dragon. It says it has, you know, 12 plus 1 hit dice. So that's, okay, 13 hit points. And they just tore this red dragon to bits. Just com- <laughs> completely tore it. It's like three first-level characters tore this ancient red dragon to bits because it had 13 hit points because I didn't know the difference between hit dice and hit points. So be prepared for that stuff mm-hmm. as a noob GM because that's going to happen and... You know, when it happens, you just go, oh, well, all and right. To this day, those players are like, fuck yeah, we killed yeah. the shit <laughs> out of that red dragon. We killed the shit out of that red amazing. dragon. amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the first game D&D, first game Kimmy, Kimmy ran, you know Kimmy, mm-hmm. um, was 4th edition D&D. And she, uh, in the monster blocks, uh, in her head, switched the HP entry with the XP entry. So we're fighting virtually unkillable monsters. It's like, wow, these like little well, small things have a hundred hit points. Yeah, this this orc has one hundred and fifty hit points. Man, right. <laughs> so I mean, and that's that kind of stuff happens, and it happens. You laugh about it and just go on. You don't yeah. worry. You don't don't worry about that yeah. kind of stuff. And the other thing that you will hear if you listen to our actual plays when the game's done. Almost universally, the GM asks about feedback. Yes. <laughs> Did you guys have a good time? Did you mm-hmm. like it? What was working for you? What wasn't working for you? And if they just come out and say, it was great. I had a great time. Awesome. Right. And if somebody comes out and says something, you know, that they didn't enjoy, don't take it like they're attacking you. Just accept that that's that person's opinion and mm-hmm. incorporate it into what you're trying to do to make me help right. them have a better time. Right, yeah. and actually listen to your players yep. when they give you that feedback. Because yeah. you're going to feel self-conscious. You're going to feel sure. like you did shitty. Right. Oh, that was the worst adventure. They were totally bored. I could see it in their faces. And then if they come back and say, no, it was great. I really like when you did this. This might need some improvement. That's good feedback. And mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. it's going to be better for you to listen to that than to go with your gut feeling, which is, God, I suck. Right. And also make sure that all your players know how to contact you privately. Yes, sure. Yeah. So whether they want to email you or text you or call you or Skype or whatever, when the other players aren't around, that's great because that's a usually lot of times, when you're going to get the negative feedback. Yeah, mm-hmm. and a mm-hmm. lot of times you're going to get people that aren't comfortable with being like, "Well, I thought that was kind of shitty." Like they're not going to say that right. in front of the group of people because they're just not right. So. I mean, if you're if and and for players, if you're going to give some very negative feedback, it's probably best to give it to the GM privately, sure, and right. to say to say, <laughs> hey, you know what? Here, I have a real problem with the way you adjudicated this, and here's why, and you know, because you know, I built my character this way, blah blah, blah whatever the reason, and give them the opportunity, give them the opportunity to to say their piece without blowing up or getting all puffed up or angry about it, and Running out of the room in tears. Right. I mean, because <laughs> they want to have fun, and they're tr- they're trying to help you run a better game. In the end, the negative feedback you get, I say negative, the constructive <laughs> criticism you get, let's there say. You go. Much better. Uh, in the end, if that, that stuff, if you listen to it, if it has merit, 
and you take it to heart, you will become a better GM for it. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. GM the universally the best GMs are the GMs that listen to their players. Yeah. Period. Thank you for coming, and we're. Uh, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I I left the room because I was going to go, um, go grab uh, some bags of dice, and I can't find them. I think they got stolen. What the heck? Because I did- leave them on a table in the in the living room. Because you know we have a sponsor for this mm-hmm. episode. We had, they sponsored a couple weeks ago. Um, oh, and your dice are here already. You ordered some. I, I ordered some, and they also sent me some samples. So, oh, rock on! So, but if you ever if you ever need a bunch of dice for gaming, because we all do, but you don't want to pay eighty five cents at your local shop, and you you certainly don't want to get the big bag of random junk you get with the odd dice and damaged dice and. All that other stuff from the other guys. Just recently, I saw Bruce had the post on Facebook about he rolled some dice and one of his D6s split in half. Yes! Right. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. I was like, what were you doing with that? It's crazy. It it, it It just just, exploded. Hit it with a hammer. It just Mm -hmm. had a fissure in it and. Bruce's hand is Mjolnir when it comes to yeah, dice. It is. <laughs> he is never worthy to pick up dice. <laughs> so we here at Happy Jacks, we suggest that you go to easyrollerdice.com. They're our sponsor for this episode. Yay! Uh, Yay. You can get 10% off of products right now, and that means you can grab a giant 105-count bag of factory-first dice that come with a velvet bag for less than $23. Shipping is also Always free in the U.S. of A. So you can go to easyrollerdice.com, enter the code HAPPYJACKS, all one word, at checkout, and you will save 10% right now. That's easyrollerdice.com. And I have to say, we went through, I, when I, the sample showed up, <clears throat> I, I wasn't actually rolling the actual play, but it was one of the D&D games two or three sessions ago when they showed up. And I, I was like, what's this? I didn't remember that the guy was going to send me samples. <clears throat> and I had ordered some. Uh, a, a set as well. So they show up, and then I think it was two sets of 105 dice. And we took them both out, opened them both up, and it's... Is it 11? How many sets is it? F- 15 sets? But it's seven dice sets. So you got you know yeah. the, the mm-hmm. percentile dice, D8, D12, <coughs> D10, no, D8, D12, D4, D6, D20, right? Right on. All matched... And they're all, each one is different. I mean, some of them are like real high visibility where it's like, you know, black ink with bright yellow dice. Some of them are more as the kind of modeled, you know, kind of prettier dice that people kind of have to stare at to see what people like to use those two for some reason. But it's a, it, it's however many, how, however many, if you divide 105 by seven, it's that many dice. And they're sets. I think it's 15. Is it 15? And that's, and that's something that I was going to say is really cool. I, because uh, I was talking to Tyler mm-hmm. about these online. And and he was saying you should get these, and I was like, well, I'd like to, but uh, I'm I'm real. I'm one of those people who are really anal retentive about their dice. You want a set, right? Like I want all sets. I have. I just recently organized all of my dice into like a toolbox, like Bruce has, <laughs> right? <laughs> and and they're all it's it's delineated by the set. So you know, here's the blue set, okay, and here's the the red set, and then right. here's the speckled red and green set, and so on and so forth. And I was saying, you know, I don't want to get just a bag of a bunch of miscellaneous dice. I want them all organized into sets. And Tyler said, they are sets. Yeah. It's nothing but a whole bunch of sets, complete sets of dice. Yep. And I thought, oh, I have to get this now. Yeah. It's, uh, and it's cheap. And they're cheap. Yeah. And yeah. they're like, not, and they're I mean, not, I mean, like, affordable cheap. Yeah. Not, 
They're not chintzy. They're not yeah, chintzy yeah. looking dice. They're they they they're not they're nice, good quality looking dice. And I mean, if you were starting a new game and you had new players, or like if you run con games for newbies, or you run D and D encounters or something like that, where you're going to have people who mm-hmm. want to come and play for the first time, buy a bag of those things, have them decide. You know, if they're, if they're your friends, you can say, oh, here, here's what, what co- what's your favorite color? Blue. Okay, here, there's a set of blue dice. Keep them. Yeah. Because yeah. I mean. Twenty-three dollars, mine fourteen or fifteen cents. Whatever. I'm totally going to order some when I get home, yeah. just to take to the con. I wish I could find them. I think they took them all. <laughs> Those fuckers. I know. Why so. I oughta? All right. Oh, so thank you. I and if you'd like to like, like to support the show, always support our sponsors. That's EasyRollerDice.com. Woo! And enter the code Happy Jacks. Free shipping in the United States. All right. Uh, we're going to the next email. And uh, thank you, Simon, for your email. We appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Especially love hearing from new guys. But countryside of the UK. <clears throat> Yeah, I bet and you there's caravanners. <laughs> he, and, he, and he actually does say, and yes, the UK is mostly countryside. Fair enough. I've only I've been to <laughs> London and Bath, and the area in between London and Bath that was countryside. I I have no doubt that there is countryside in the UK. Not in London. My doubt is that <laughs> the country is really large enough to support a large population of RV driving people. I don't think it is. That's but there are. I know. There's tons of people that do the caravan thing, but they drive and park their caravan on a farm, <laughs> essentially on a farm it's, field. It's not wilderness, <coughs> right. right? There's no like untamed wilderness there, right? No, that's way up north in Scotland, <laughs> <laughs> and in parts of London, and and yeah, and Wales, <laughs> Wales. Yeah, that's a that's a different type of untamed though. <laughs> All right. Uh, question of the mongoose. An email from Good Mush. Greetings all. So here's the issue. I'm running Lone Wolf, a Lone Wolf mongoose travel game. The problem that I'm running into is how to bring the quote hero into the center of the action. So a little backstory. The overall de- uh, the overall idea. A complex supercomputer spontaneously becomes awa- self-aware, discovers that the human race is being secretly infiltrated by aliens. Our hero finds the computer hidden on some abandoned space station during his time as a scout. The scout wipes the computer wipes the memories of our hero to cover its existence. Uh, then years later starts to provide the hero with information to start combating the aliens. So my problem is bringing the hero into the center of it all and making him the f- focus point. So any suggestions would be welcome to bring the hero to the center of the adventure. Thanks guys. Love good mush. So he's running a lone wolf game. So he's just one player and one GM. Okay. And he's a former scout, and he's he's spoon feeding him information about an alien infiltration, the, the paranoia computer. Society. Right. Yeah. Totally. So he wants to know how to bring the player into the action more. You know, the first thing that pops into my head is give the hero some MacGuffin. That helps identify these aliens. Like the first thing that pops into my head is they live. The glasses, right? Yeah. The glasses. Yeah, he's got the glasses. He starts seeing these obey messages, and and you know uh, Keith David becomes his friend, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> and then he gets to be Rowdy Roddy Piper, which is kind of awesome, right? So you know maybe he has a special bagpipe. The, the aliens can't stand to hear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't, you know, whatever they end up wanting to do, but give him something that, that he is able to start sussing out what's going on. Maybe it only works some percentage of the time or something. I, 
if you want right. to keep it a little on the down low, but give him something that he becomes in a position where he is able to see what's going on. Um, and then I think he'll sort of naturally mm-hmm. progress into that center of the story. Or get him emotionally invested in it somehow. Yeah. His third brother's cousin's uncle's mom turns out, oh, she's an alien. So he's got a family connection to it to get start getting that rooted out and, you know, build from there. Oh, my God, if my, if my great-great-grandmother was one, why isn't, you know, George my best friend? And then he can just start unraveling that onion as it goes from person to person. Give him the Sharon Stone wife from Total Recall. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, somebody that's he's been living with for years. Mm-hmm. And suddenly keeps, one of them. keeps telling him not to go have his brain tinkered with. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then all of a sudden she's trying to murder him. Right. Yeah, and you can, yeah, you set that up where, where she's like, no, there's, oh, come on. You don't need to go look at that. There's, that, that's silly. Aliens, that's silly. come on. Come on, really? Alienist alien. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 one of the strengths of uh, Mongoose Traveler when you're in character creation is it gives you a lot of, a, sort of like a skeletal version of your backstory. Mm-hmm. It tells you, it gives you, it gives you at points, uh, people you've met, um, rivals, enemies, connections, things like that. So, I think I think the emotional connection is probably the best bet. And you may need, you know, it, that may be a slow play. You may need to say, look at his sheet and say, oh, he's got a connection. He's got this guy that he knows from some criminal enterprise or something. Sure. Have him meet the guy. Have him do some interactions with the guy. Have the guy help him out a couple of times, so that the player starts to have an emotional attachment to this guy. And then have this guy suddenly get replaced by an alien, or you know, maybe, or he was all the time, or, or he, or he was, or you know, he's in a situation where he's stumbled upon something, and now suddenly he's in danger. And you, then you're gonna maybe get the player gonna go, oh, I can't just let that guy die. Yeah, he's my friend. Okay, I'm gonna, you know, but I think that's your, probably your best bet. Yeah. I think. I go, for the go for the emotion. Go for the go for the feelings. And punch him. And punch him really hard. <laughs> hard. Really hard. <laughs> <clears throat> a funny story for you guys from Kyle. Hey guys, so about ten years ago I had stopped playing D&D and started playing with another group uh, a friend introduced me to, playing a game of their own design. Alright. Uh, shortly after I started playing in this group, my friend started dating this woman who, while she had never played an RPG before, was excited to give it a whack. Awesome. Uh, Now, much like your banter, we pretty regularly tease each other and play jokes on one another. All in good fun and out of love, of course. Uh, So as we introduced my friend's girlfriend's character to our group of mercenaries and vagabonds, we came to my friend's character, who happened to be a demon that had six large serpents emerging from its back. We tried joking with her and saying that he had seven snakes, should you include the trouser snake. (laughs) Which is interesting, considering that she wanted to give it a whack. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> now, due to her lack of showing any acknowledgement of our joke, we assume she was still taking notes and writing things down for her character. That is until two weeks later, when his demonic character found himself tied up, and a spell was cast to put serpentine appendages to sleep, uh, and she asked, what about his trouser snake? I think I laughed for a good five minutes, just because of that time of the time that joke had marinated that is a slow play right there that totally, yeah, that's very much that yeah. is fucking timing yeah yeah <laughs> uh and then he asked what has been one of the funniest moments in your rpg history funniest moments so you got, you got anything I'm, I'm there's a couple 
Not back in high school. school. Yeah, okay. not the, oh, no, okay. no, no, not the shit story. That's not funny. Back in high school, uh, friends, we were all playing the D6 uh, Star West Wars. End game, Star Wars. Right. And uh, I was running the game, um, and we would do the, okay, cool. So everybody gets together at like 2 p.m. on a Saturday. And then we start to game, and we play until Sunday morning. 10 o'clock when the parents come to pick everybody up Mm -hmm. and nobody sleeps everybody gets to the end of of the session and you're exhausted and ready to die and you go home and sleep for a couple hours and get up and go to school on monday but at some point i had become so delirious with sleep depravity that i for some reason had the the heroes kidnap the emperor's favorite pet donkey (laughs) <laughs> and to this day, everybody that was in that game goes to the Emperor's donkey. <laughs> and uh, I don't know why he had one, but it was accompanied by some of those red-dressed Imperial Guardsmen. Oh, okay. Um, and they had to save the donkey from them and try and escape to freedom while they were being chased by Darth Vader, who wanted to get the donkey back. <laughs> And you're sure that was just sleep depravity, right? That was yeah. Anything, no illicit substances don't there? don't know where it came from. No, nothing. <laughs> nothing other than just pure not sleeping. But, yeah. So, to this day, I still get shit about the Emperor's Donkey. All the funniest things in my game have been inter-party, resulted from inter-party conflict. Almost really? every one of them, yeah. The, uh, one guy who play, always, uh, Munchkin, he always played um, <laughs> Wizards. And he he slipped a, pel, a spell past me. And this is in GURPS. I don't. I can't remember what it's called, but it's like transmutation. So I can turn someone into something else. And he cast it on one of the characters, who was a halfling. He was a thief, but he also uh, had like one level of majory, so he could cast a few spells. He's not great at it, but he could do a few of them. Yeah. And uh, the character turned him into a, a giant slug. So he had no arms, no legs, and he couldn't talk. So suddenly, his all of these negatives were spellcasting, and that's that's when he you get those great quotes in um, in role playing games when the guy turns to me and says, "Okay, what are my negatives to spellcasting as a slug?" <laughs> and we have to kind of piece together. Well, see, there's a, you can't talk, you can't do this, you can't talk, this. you can't use your arms. Right. It's like negative twelve. Right. Wave yeah. your eye stalks about. <laughs> <laughs> right, and that there's a whole website now. Of, uh, have you seen that of uh, Quotes brought about from moments in role-playing games. Have you seen it? No, I haven't. I'll share it on Facebook with you. That's awesome. There's some pretty funny ones in it. So, I think this is largely only kind of funny to me, but I'm going to tell it anyway. That's always the best kind of humor. And and it it winds up that this has spawned a a term that I've used in my games forever, and I think most of these guys that I've gamed with know it as well. It was back in the... uh, It was right when... um, Second edition AD and D had just come out, mm-hmm. so we were playing a, an AD and D game, and it was a, a kind of a mishmash of first and second edition. It was set in Forgotten Realms, and uh, my buddy and I were new to the game, so we decided to play characters that were not with this group. So we pulled out Oriental Adventures. Okay, all right. <clears throat> and uh, uh, we played. Uh, I played a, a Bushi, which is just like a common warrior, right? And he played a, a samurai, right? And we were this traveling pair, and. Uh, the GM decided he wanted to use proficiencies from second edition. So we were like, great. 
And uh, I made sure that I took a proficiency in common. He forgot to. My buddy. So every time they would want to talk to him, they'd talk to me, and I would turn to him. And it was we were horribly racist. <laughs> I would say hello. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> I would turn to him, and I would go. Hey. <laughs> And then, and then he would write down what he wanted the response to say, and he would hand to me and just go, "Translate." <laughs> and so I would read it back in this horrible, horribly, horribly bad Japanese accent. You know, oh, he say, "Sensei no cast a spare, you no cast a spare." And uh, it wound out that translate became this meme that just went through all of my games, and even you know. Tyler uses trends right now in some of the games that we're playing. Uh, uh, Casey's used it. Uh, Bruce has used it. It's just become this thing. Trends rate. Trends rate. And it, it's it's funny because you'll be sitting at the table and like you know, I'll be you know doing this NPC conversation. I kind of get into my NPCs. So sure. I make up the user the funny voices. You know, right. I use the funny voices. I need to talk to him and and then tell like, okay, I go back and uh, talk to the other guys and uh, trends rate. <laughs> they go, oh right, okay, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> so yeah that. What's it, what's the guy's name? The actor in uh, Kill Bill that owns a sushi bar, the sword the, the sword maker. Can't remember the actor's Atari name. Atari Hanzo. You say origato like we say origato. That guy. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me of him. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, we've had a good. We haven't had a good faux Japanese accent on here since Taffy left. Really. No. <laughs> it's been a long time. I don't. I, well, I don't remember a lot of. The and then we all specifically. Very purposely didn't do that for when we started to play L five R. Yes, huh? been, I feel <laughs> like that's just too <laughs> horrendous. Yeah, yeah been too, easy. too easy. Yeah, to our game. <laughs> well, we're uh, asking who's in who's in which camera. Oh, let me let me just say I forgot I forgot to do this. Uh, if you'd like to email the show, you can email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail dot com. That's happyjacksrpg at gmail dot com. You can visit us on Facebook, happyjacks.org slash Facebook, Google Plus. HappyJacks.org slash Google Plus. We're on Twitter, HappyJacksRPG, on Word. Uh, and also, we stream the show live. And we stream the show live around 11 o'clock uh, on Saturday mornings, uh, Pacific time. And you can go to HappyJacks.org slash, dot org slash live. HappyJacks.org slash live. And there's a little viewer there, so you can watch the little um, the Google Hangout while we're doing the show, and you can see our ugly mugs. And... Uh, yeah, there's also a chat room, and there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven people in the chat room right now. Hi! Um, and I forgot, I usually try to send out a reminder, because if I send out reminders during the week, <coughs> we'll get like 15 or 20 people in the chat room. If I don't do that, we, do, we get like six. And they're they're in there. Hello, guys. Sonny Chiba is the actor, they're saying. Uh, yes. Sonny Chiba. <coughs> and that was Joe Crack. Um, so, so there was another one. Oh, If I may, real yeah, quick. Of course. Uh, Again, we were playing uh, second second edition AD&D, mm-hmm. and we started out in Dark Sun. I was playing a half-giant, and my buddy, the same guy, the Transrate guy, right. was playing a, a mool. Uh, what's that? It's a... Uh, 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 what were they in Dark Sun? They were a... Um, they were a a, a, a... a human dwarf merge combination? A human dwarf half-breed? <laughs> Sexy. And, okay. they, and they were unable to, to breed, which is... They were called mules, M-U-Ls. Okay. You could tell it was mule because they... Can't right. make their own, but uh, they were really t- super tough. And I was a half giant, and uh, I don't know if you ever played Dark Sun, but the no. introductory adventure to Dark Sun is exceedingly depressing because yep. you're in this desert and it's like four billion degrees out there, and there's no water. And they give you this little flip chart of uh, of of 
it looks like elves in in like this tattered you know loincloth just sweating and dying and it was horrible and we told him this was horrible so we spell jammed to forgotten realms mm-hmm. so are these two huge hulking monsters and uh in, in forgotten realms and the dm always max hit pointed everything that we fought because we were so tough the way you roll stats in in uh, dark sun is amazing it's like you know roll 5d4 and ignore anything under a one it was crazy so he put us up against these female ichthyoids with four arms that wielded scimitars that would just blade around just like a running ginsu and they came out of this big huge ziggurat and they just beat the shit out of us just completely decimated us because he overwhelmed us with numbers but my buddy had a vorpal sword that was one of his weapons vorpal sword a vorpal sword <laughs> <laughs> he had a vorpal sword and they re- they beat us up so bad and uh, I, we just escaped because I picked him up and ran because he was unconscious and fucking took off. Uh, but they had his sword and they went back to their ziggurat. So the next day he heals up and he goes, fuck it, I'm walking back to the ziggurat. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> what, what? He says, yeah, I'm, I'm walking back to the ziggurat. <coughs> so I tell the DM, I say, okay, I'll follow him, but like 50 yards back because I don't want them to see me. I'm huge. He walks up to the front door of this ziggurat, Right? knocks on it <clears throat> the door opens up and there's you can just see he says the sun comes in you can see like there's like 50 of them standing right there he says <coughs> you ready for this can I have my sword back <coughs> so they just started chasing him and the rest of the adventure was us <laughs> running away from them at top speed so yeah that, that's become another one is can I have my sword back that's, yeah. see for me it's, gotta try for, for me it's really hard to, to, to resist going and, and just go Oh, uh, of course. You're, you're here, stab. It was a nice <laughs> fighting mystery. Oh. <laughs> we haven't had a workout like that in a while. It's like the what's the what's the thing with the uh, what was it? It was one of the like, like Looney Tunes or something. It was, it was a sheepdog and a coyote or something or a wolf, and they're like trying to fight and they're trying the the wolf's trying to get at the chickens and the sheepdog's trying to stop them. The whole time, mm-hmm. and then like a bell, a bell go or a horn goes off, and they go to the time clock and punch out, and then the next shift punches in. No, do you remember I that? I don't remember that, but I can't remember. No, mm-hmm. you know what? I vaguely do. Hi Frank. I Hi, vaguely Frank. remember Stink. like the the sheepdog that like blew the hair out of his eyes, right, all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, right. that was um, wasn't it Wiley Coyote? Was it? You might be right. It might have been Wiley Coyote. Because I, I think it was Wiley Coyote with the with because the, they'd be like fighting all day long. Yeah, and then they'd go and clock out at the end. They're like, "Hey, how's it yeah, going?" Yeah, and then one of them was a sheepdog. Yeah, yeah. Right. No, you're right. I remember that. It, it would be very hard not to do that. But if you're trying to keep like a serious tone, it's kind of. Yeah. Uh, they reminded me that I put open the Q and A thing. There's a Q and A thing in the Google Hangout if you listen live and you can send us questions, which S.B. <clears throat> Lloyd pointed out that I tend to ignore. Uh, <laughs> these, these go back a couple emails here. Uh, for new GMs, don't be afraid to ask for feedback from the players on a regular basis. We've kind of talked about that a little bit. Um, good thing my friends ask for one rose and one thorn from every player. I don't know what that means. That's, that must have been talking about how you hire a prostitute online without saying you're going to bring money. What's the thorn? I don't. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's the schmack. Oh yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, another one for Lloyd here. Uh, for new GMs, steal. 
don't be shy about lifting th- ideas from whatever sources you can. That's oh, that's a good point. Yeah. 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 And your players. Yeah. I would do and when, especially when they start, I love it when the players start, start to, uh, theorize what's really going on. Like once they start to get a few of the clues and they start to get, so how does this all fit together? And you just, I always listen in. It's like, are they going to come up with something better? Th- no, th- right. Yeah. That has happened a number of times oh, where yeah. what they come up with is better. And then you go, Huh, okay. <laughs> you write that down, and all of a sudden, that's what's actually going on, because that's better than brilliant. what you came up with. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, there you go. There, I'm, I'm, I'm paying attention to the, to the Q&A. And legitimately, steal not just from other GMs, but... Everything. If you, yeah, if you have access to anything, you know, read obscure yeah. science fiction books, read, you know, anything you can get your hands on, especially if your players haven't read it, you can... Totally just yep. here. I'm going to lift a whole scene. Go watch from old this. episodes of the Rockford Files. Yeah, if you want to run some '70s investigation hilarity, you can you can change you can change that up. Sure, you can change sure. the setting. You can. You can. That whole but f- maybe it'd be awesome because you want to run a game about a dude that lives in a trailer on the beach. That's true. You can rock it out. Yeah. That whole f- Dark Sun come Forgotten Realms game that I was talking about a minute mm-hmm. ago. Once we got into Forgotten Realms, the whole story was a book that the DM had had read and wanted to run us through it, and neither of us had, had read it. So it was <laughs> it was that book. That was the story. It was that book. That's awesome. The last convention, Stork and My Plot, was basically sort of lifted the whole piece from uh, <coughs> um, uh, Leviathan Wakes, the, the book by James S.A. Corey that's going to be a sci-fi show this year. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I had read it, and I was like, that's amazing. And then I was like, that would make an amazing Traveler game. Let's take some of that and put that together. And yeah, Because for some reason, nobody in our group seems to have read those but me. And I've never read them. I picked them up, them. and I was like, these are freaking amazing. Like, totally in the like awesome space opera vein mm-hmm. that was just fun and you know, solar system spanning adventure. Oh, I thought I was going to get... What? Leviathan? No, I'm not going to... No. I thought I was going to get some soundboard action. <laughs> no, I, I don't need something. Sodium carbonate! <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite one, by the way. Stork's hair is great! <laughs> Exterminate! Hashtag Gamergate! Coordinate! Unsubstantiate! Invertebrate! <laughs> <laughs> I could fill the whole soundboard with those, and Stork actually sent me like another 20, but that actually would literally fill the soundboard. I wouldn't have anything but those. You have to get another soundboard app. And I, Well, this soundboard app only has one page. That's kind of the, uh, the bummer right. of it. If it had more, I could flip through and say, here's the Dalek page of yeah, shit. Yeah. Um, uh, is it to me? Uh, uh, yes, I yeah, think so. Yeah, it is. Okay. How much <laughs> should players know? L5R actual play reaction. Email from Jason. Hey, douchebags. Just finished listening to the first arc of Saga of the Inukai. L5R actual play. Do yourself a favor. Don't listen to the second because it's got a huge cliffhanger. Yeah. <laughs> that makes me cry. Well, <clears throat> I, I tried. I tried for months. We couldn't get it done. We're gonna have like the the five year anniversary game. We probably could bring it back, right? 
We'll see. The uh, and we are going. I do want to start running the what call it again? The, the moment of truth. Yeah. Yes. I'm. I'm sorry that my plague no, right. caused troubles. Uh, there was other people that canceled too. So whenever, whenever Jib and Gina aren't in the uh, their other Sunday game, I'll take those other Sundays and we'll probably run it then. So. Uh, first off, awesome game and thanks for sharing your sessions. Uh, I binged it. Like a net, I binged it. Sorry, I, you know I read that as binged as well. <laughs> because what is, it, what is that saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, nobody engine. actually says that. I was like, so, I don't even think anyone Google's things like a Netflix show. What is he trying to say here? Well, anytime I see a search engine name, you, you, you always verb it. Yeah, right. Yeah, sure. Yeah, but that's not a part of the lexicon. As much as Microsoft would like it to be, it's just not. It's I've not, heard it. I've heard it said not. as a joke. Right. Yes, but oh, that's like I, I first found out what Bing was by googling it. <laughs> that makes them cry a little bit. It, probably, uh, it does. Microsoft. That 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 hurts the baby Bill Gates. <laughs> I binged it like a Netflix show, but the conclusion had me questioning one aspect of the jamming. Buckle up, Stu. Dun, dun, dun. In the last <laughs> sessions, yeah. Do you have a dramatic chord on your soundboard over there? Dun. Uh, see what I got. Stop. No. No, that's not it. <laughs> Buckle up, Stu. You dress in the manner of a male prostitute. <laughs> no. Uh, no. Uh, I, I think we agree. Not stork. No. Uh, this is a unmarked rail part. Please no. don't touch. You're going to be looking at it. <laughs> No, I don't have one. No, you need right. one. <laughs> <Ta-da>! <laughs> I've, got, okay. I've got that thing. That's as close as it gets. <laughs> I have a major chord. And of course, it wants to play the whole closing song. Uh, buckle up. In the last session, post in the last episode's post-session mortem, Stu lays out the behind-the-scenes twist. Uh, and relationships between the main NPCs. There was interesting dynamic, and viewing the game through the lens gives the game a totally different twist. However, it wasn't revealed until the dust had settled and the conclusion was reached. It has it has me questioning. How much should the players know about the plot? Personally, though I've only been GMing for a bit over a year, your podcast being instrumental in getting me into gaming. So take a drink. I'm drinking coffee, but I will. Uh, I've now adopted the philosophy, tell the characters everything. That's not to say that I blurt out all of the plot de- details into an, in an info dump, but if I think of some plot complication detail, etc., I will put everything on the table, so to speak, because it's far more interesting to watch the PC squirm and deal with, with it than keep it all to myself. I forget where I read it, but one of the pieces of advice I keep in mind is that it doesn't take... It doesn't exist in the game unless you say it. Uh, Back to the L5R example. While I understand and respect the reasons, both in-game and metagame, to keep those NPC relationships a secret from the PCs, the whole plot revolved around those NPCs' motivations. What if the PCs knew knew about it early on? What if they had decided how to deal with, with it honorably, or dishonorably, as the case may be? Dishonorable, take a drink. I'm going to have to pee soon. I keep drinking this much coffee. Um, what if those relationships 
relationship hints were less subtle. Seemed to me that the PCs were going off on on their own assumptions because there wasn't enough information about the situation, which I understand was a big point of the game, but, goddammit, I do wish that there was an alternate universe game where the PCs found out about the NPC relationship uh, info two sessions after their daimyo was captured. Sorry if this has already been covered. Too lazy to to match up the last episode with season one's post date with podcast date. Um, I look forward to hearing your response two years from now when the email is caught up. Zing! Take a drink. Thanks again for your excellent podcast, Jason. Let me ask you. Let me. Can I? Is it this been out long enough where I can just detail that stuff? You think? Yeah. Okay. Uh, The first arc. Because that's been what over a year since that last episode. The, the last episode of the first arc. Might really? be two years. No, it can't be two years. We did, what, four sessions of the of the second, didn't we? Three? I think, maybe. I would, I would It hasn't been two years for sure, but it's been long enough. Wasn't it? Ra- it was wrapped up before fair last year, so it's at least a year. Yeah, I think uh, around a year-ish, but I okay. think that's enough time. All right. <coughs> um, basically, the, the player characters, they're, they're Daimyo, Rinjiro. Um, was gay. And he uh, did not want to get married, and he actually uh, was involved in a romantic relationship with Master Higo, who was a sword master for uh, the Kikita School. Kikita School. Um, uh, Rinjiro's older brother, who was sort of his daimyo, uh, insisted that he didn't really care, that he needed to get married anyway, because he needed to ha- issue a, um, an heir. An heir. And uh, just so for social acceptance, this is the way things need to be. So there's conflict between the two brothers, and there's also a, a, a relationship between Renjiro and, and Master Higo. Um, and that was all in the background. Now let me ask you, did you would it have been a better story if that had been laid out in the open earlier on? I don't think so <clears throat> i because you I, never found out in game no no you guys found found out about this gm to players at the after the but last you set. did lay out some clues yes that we didn't piece together slash misinterpreted okay um like you had them have like a, they met on the bench in the garden at one point yes and i sort of barged in right but I thought they were having a meeting not to see each other, but to sort of plan who might end up paired up with who in the grand scheme of of uh, the you know the upcoming festival and the visiting lions and oh right 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 and that's, all that. That's just because Stu forgot to tell you about how they were very quickly closing their robes when you walked up. Oh, my daughter's calling me. She has her cell phone now. <laughs> and of course, it makes all of my devices Apple ring, devices yeah. ring. Um, yeah, the, the and there was a couple of, of other clues that were set up. There was a couple of times uh, he st- Master Higo started giving giving Rinjiro private swordsmanship lessons, right? Um, <laughs> so to speak, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, also, there was there was oh, yeah. Rinjiro's absolute reluctance to get married or even entertain the idea. Right. Um, when the when the, the the lion women showed up, obviously the eldest daughter would have been the perfect batch because they're both courtiers, right? And, mm-hmm. and 
that he was like, mm, that's not going to happen. So, I mean, there were clues, but I don't know if it, if that it would to, the way I look at it. That was motivations for the NPCs for what they were doing. It never really became relevant to the player characters because the player no. characters decided early on, we are loyal to Renjiro. He is our daimyo. We are going to follow him. We're going to defend him with our lives. So and it didn't matter to you guys. That was actually the big <clears throat> quandary that we found ourselves in as players was the whole like, Okay, well, if the guy that we swore our lives to ends up deposed, do we then end up in the service of the his older brother, who is technically the leader of the family that we're all part of? You know, we went through a lot of debate about that. Mm-hmm. Like, we probably spent a whole session just going like, well, do we, do we follow him now? You guys kept we- asking me what the thing was, and it's like, well... It's kind of... It depends on the daimyo. I mean, right. if, you, if you look back at... The original uh, forty-seven Ronin. There is, there was a, there, there's, if I recall correctly, it's been a long time since I watched it, but there are scenes when they are sending guys out to other daimyos to basically get adopted by right. someone else, and no one will take them. So it, it really that is all comes down to Jinichiro and whether or not he decides you're worthy to be a samurai or not, and right. you never got to that position. He never brought it up. He kind of kept it vague for his own purposes. Because sure. he didn't trust you guys. But, I, you know, it, I mean, I, that was a big motivating factor for us. Sure. It was the whole, like, what the hell do we do now? You know? But uh, <coughs> it wouldn't have made a difference to us story-wise. Right. Because we weren't... I, I suppose it might have made a difference if it came down to... Oh, well, uh, you know, the actions that he's taken are a huge disgrace. So everybody associated with him is now disgraced. I figure in, in my, my take on the society is probably not. That, right. that probably wouldn't be right. the case. Right, And, like, it wouldn't have even been an issue at all if he didn't end up suddenly in charge of this massively wealthy valley. Right. Right? Like, Ex- if he exactly. was just the younger brother in the, you know, the family... Wouldn't you know? Nobody would give a shit because you know the 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 line of inheritance wouldn't flow through him anyway, unless all of his brother's family died. Right. You know, so it would have been fine. But yeah, so I I don't know. I actually like it, and I talked about this last week a little bit. I like when games I'm playing in are a living, breathing world. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Where shit's going on. Whether I'm there or not. Yeah, right. So when I sit down to play a session or, you know, log in, I get there and there's people living their lives. Mm-hmm. Right. And shit has happened. And now I've come upon it and I figure out what I want to do. And maybe actions I take have consequences. Cool. Great. But there's still some guy two towns over that's dealing with the fact that his family has the pox. Right. Yeah. Right. There's... um. Your your NPCs are are uh, if if you take out the fact that the NPCs are all controlled by the the DM and they're uh, a lot of times they're a bit more um, thin than a regular PC. Sure, they're they're just people in the world and they all have their own reasons for doing the things that they do. And if 
as the DM, you're using those NPCs to motivate PC actions, like to look into this quest or that quest or whatever, then the PCs need to have that information that motivates them to get them to do that. But I really think it's better when the PCs find that out for themselves in-game. Yeah. Because that gives the PCs a reason to be, you know, in looking and investigating this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and if it's something that is really important, that you've you've set up this piece of information about this NPC and your players aren't getting it, but it's really important, then you just use some of the other stuff we've talked about, just kind of change things a little bit so that that information can get to the players. Yeah. So, that, so that you don't have to wind up saying, oh, you know, out of character, if I can quote your game, out, out of character, you know, this guy's gay and he's in an illicit hidden relationship with this other person. Uh, and, uh, you know, that way it comes out in game. It, it just seems like it's always better that way, at least for me. Yeah, I totally, totally agree. And that's, that's the way I like to play, too. I find it, when I'm playing, it's much more rewarding if I find that stuff out on my own. And, you know, in my games, I build up really complex NPCs. You may not know this yet because the game you're running in, uh, the game I'm running you in right now, we've had one session, and uh, Horus the Sage, you haven't found out much about him, but he's really complex and he's got a bunch of stuff going on, which you guys may or may not find out. Right. We, uh, yeah. It, we may end up in a situation where we do learn a lot more about him. Right, exactly. Or yeah. we end up going off in a totally different direction. Totally different direction, and, and you we never. just think he's the asshole that tried to cheat us. Right, exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Who you know? He may be trying. Yeah, to thanks for that, because, Tyler. Because he needs the extra money to pay for his daughter's medical treatment. Yeah. <laughs> so there's, you know, there's all kinds of things that might be going on that we don't know, but right inform the interactions we have with that person. Right. So and yeah. and you know, I could come out and say, well, here's what's going on with Horace the Sage, but you guys would really wouldn't know that, and I, I think that it's just kind of. Um, it would muddle it for you guys if you knew that out of character, but then had to filter your in-character actions differently. Yeah. I, I I prefer <laughs> to learn things as part of the narrative. Right, yeah. Versus the omniscient narrator telling me things. Right. Uh, and I kind of prefer that in books I read, too. Actually, I, I just read this sort of debate online. Um, I just recently read a book called The Martian mm-hmm. uh, by a guy named Andy Weir. Um, and it's essentially this astronaut that gets stranded on Mars because his expedition is struck with a huge windstorm and the astronauts decide they have to evacuate. So as they're going to get on the, the you know their lander and leave, he gets impaled by a piece of flying uh, debris and knocked down a hill. And the other astronauts can't see shit because it's a dust storm. Right. So they think he's just gone. Right. And they leave, but he survives. But, and then it's how he tries to figure out a way to survive with the shit that's left in their little astronaut camp until rescue can possibly get to him kind of a thing. But there's a couple of points in the book where the author has to pull back to sort of this omniscient narrator thing. And I, I actually, he had did a AMA thing on Reddit. And he was talking about how it was really difficult for him to decide to do that, but it was the only way he felt he could give some out-of-character information that then informed the story. Right, yeah. And, like, as you're reading it, you get a couple of these points, and you're like, how did we go from uh, 90% first-person 
story to now suddenly I'm having this out of body guy telling me yeah, yeah, yeah. things yeah. that are going on that the character doesn't know about kind of a thing. It's a little jarring, but but it makes sense when you get through that part. The the reasons why he made those choices. So So to your to your point, to your question mm-hmm. earlier, I wasn't involved in that game, of course. I mean, you know that because I didn't play it. But I would have much more enjoyed finding out about that relationship in character, in game, as part of the game, right. rather than to just have you say, "Oh, by the way, this is what's going on." Yeah, it was after it was after the, the basically the campaign arc was finished. Those characters were yeah. going to get retired. Ah, okay. So the game was over. I just let them know because it, it, it's something to me. It was not. It was just the motivations of the NPCs. Yeah, mm-hmm. whether the players know about it or not. It ended up not really affecting their actions, and I don't think it would have. Um, but I just wanted to let them know: here's what's going on. Here's what was happening behind the scenes. This is why the two brothers are in conflict. Mm-hmm. This is why. Because um, there was even a couple of other actions that happened that shouldn't have happened, like Master Higo refused to leave when. Remember <laughs> right. when when Junichiro's showed up with his men and was basically gonna gonna and seize he sent us away and, and he we sent like, you guys away and master Higo turned around and went back mm-hmm. right so all of those things start to make sense in yeah. hindsight I don't know uh, the, the, in the, the form there's uh, Bevan says not sure either um, when the big reveal came my reaction was oh now I get it and that was nice would have been nice to see how the PCs dealt with it with their make an error obligation twist um Possibly. I mean, that never... The game wasn't going to last that long. It wasn't going to last the nine months that the baby would bake. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Especially at that point. Um, Joe Crack, not sure about a better story. It would have been a more interesting story with different reactions, that's for sure. Um, one thing that may have changed was whether or not they went and killed Jinichiro. Possibly. Might have. Are they play, did they play in that game? No, no. The, these are, no, these are people okay. who... It was an actual play. So they've, oh, they've okay. So it. they heard it. Okay. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it may have, it, it certainly would have humanized Junichiro a little more in your guys' eyes, probably. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you guys know how I run games. I don't have evil guys that are evil for evil's sake. Everyone's, everyone in their own eyes thinks they're a good guy, right? Sure. Right. Yeah. So it's, it, it's all about motivations. So, and sometimes you know what they are and sometimes you don't. don't no. Very rarely does any human get to act Based on a hundred percent correct and full information, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know uh, whether it's the president of the United States deciding if we need to bomb somewhere or whatever, he doesn't know every person that lives in that village, right? <laughs> and exactly what's going on, right? Uh, or you know, uh, oh, uh, the, the thorn in the rose comment. He explains yeah. the thorn is the thing that you didn't like about the game session. The rose is the thing that you did like about the game session. So it's uh, a feed. It, so it has nothing to do with paying hookers and your dick. No, not, not. <laughs> unless you're on Craigslist, then it has everything to do with that. Useless information. I know. Um, uh, I am the guy who has not done much RPG and considering doing GM. Uh, have you read the email out today at all? Yeah, we opened your email. Yeah, yeah. Hey. We opened with your email, so yeah. Go back and listen to the show. <laughs> we even started a half hour late so you could make it on time, but we didn't start late enough. So that's uh, 
We'll try harder next time. We will try harder next That's time. That's what was his name. That was... Uh, Simon, right? Simon, Simon, yeah. Yes. Hi, hey, Simon. Simon. Sorry, I'm not Kimmy, but I read your email. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and thank you very much for the feedback there, Jason. Enjoy your countryside. Yeah, enjoy, enjoy your, your wonderful UK countryside. Right. Full of civilization. <laughs> <laughs> and tame animals. <laughs> <laughs> When's the last time somebody got murdered by a mountain lion in the UK? <laughs> I don't know. There was a werewolf that once. Oh, that sure. was a movie. Yeah, that yeah. Was a movie. <laughs> and then bears. bears. They, they, they don't have bears in the UK, do they? I don't think so. I don't think did so. They, did they at one point? I don't know. I don't know. Bears maul people, do. Oh, that's up north sure. in Scotland. Oh, no, those are just no, the Scots. Never mind. <laughs> Harry. All right. Large. Harry right. Large, Angry. yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> horror story triple shock exclamation point see again from Ryan. you need a dramatic chord horror story triple shock Ta-da! no the scream is good for that oh the scream would be good yeah not today well, that's, that's long <laughs> that's not that's not right that's, that's not it what I have to restart it alright well it's being genji uh, so we can get wait 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 we can we'll break wait for these it. up we'll, we'll, we'll wait, for wait. Yeah. oh you wanna wait okay yeah, we'll wait for it Wait, don't hit the button right away. It's got to load up first. As soon as it's ready, tell me. It's ready. Okay. Horror story triple shock! (laughs) There you go. That was good. Well well played. (laughs) No? I I like that little riff in there. The little ditty in the middle? Yeah, that was good. That's like an 80s horror story. Yeah, that's, I was going to say, no, that's like an 80s metal concert right Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right. Uh, who, who's up? Oh, well, There's three of them, so we can, we can flip them up. Oh, all right. <clears throat> I'm going to read the first one. Okay, we'll read the little uh, intro there. First. I will. Uh, dear Stu and friends, this is the first time I've written in, even though I've been listening since the beginning. I choked on the backlog when it was still fresh. <laughs> Mmm, steamy. Uh, Stu, I know that you, much like myself, love horror stories, and they are easily my favorite part of the show when they come in. Here... <coughs> oh, crappy. Bless you. I, this is like the third week that I just can't finish this coughing business. <laughs> How's that for a chopper? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. That's, um... Charles, Charles Nelson Royale. Yeah, from, um... Lidsville. Oh, wow. (laughs) I was just talking about Lidsville to a guy yesterday at work. (laughs) Greatest show ever. Right? (laughs) Here are three from my own experiences in chronological order. All right. Number one, the spite cannon. Which is the... Which is the greatest? I, I the, the spike <laughs> cannon is awesome. That term, I, it's almost I, as good as the blame thrower. I, right. I, I'm going to use the spike yep. cannon from now on. <laughs> I've assimilated that. The time was 2002. I was a sophomore in high school, and we had just discovered the wider world of darkness after a long gothy love affair with the vampire of the masquerade. Yeah, we had a designated rich kid who was also the GM. We'll call him Sam who would buy all the books for whatever caught his fancy. Anyway, well, that's nice that you had somebody that was like a library. Right. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Uh, Anyway, he decided to run a big mashup game where we could play any of the splats. Oh, boy. We had a werewolf, a vampire, two mages, and me. A hunter. Because I'm a glutton for punishment. 
As you or some of your esteemed colleagues may know, the old World of Darkness was not the best at crossover play. Oh, no. No, from what I've been told, they're basically entirely separate games that just happen to share the same game mechanic. But it's not quite the same. It's not quite the same, yeah. It's the core is the same, but... The stuff they tack onto it to make the, uh, the, 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 the different splat creatures, the different splat creatures are vastly different. Yeah. And that if New World is unified all of that. You, you may very well know how to drive a car. That does not mean you know how to drive like a McLaren supercar. Right. Yeah. Same basic idea. Or a Freightliner. A store, you know, a steering wheel and a car. Yeah. Right. Or you might be an Indy car racer. And suddenly have to get behind the wheel of, of a Mack truck. Right. While going down, you know, a 6% grade with bad brakes. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't help you very much. No. Uh, so, yes. Uh, blah, 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 blah. So, the plot was as such. Uh, some high and mighty mage wanted to create a utopia where all supernaturals could drink Kool-Aid and have weird hippie sex or whatever. To rock on. Yes. <laughs> We all went along with it at first because it was better than meeting at a tavern or goth nightclub. It was the white, probably wolf is the next word. Yes. Did I turn the page? Yes. Uh, wolf after all. Uh, over time, it became increasingly hard to justify my hunter being in a party with more or less unrepentant monsters, PC badges or not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I kind of like the idea of the PC badge. Right. Like... Weird, like shiny sheriffs. Mm-hmm. Like, but that's PC. <laughs> that's just hard altogether. All I mean, you've got werewolf and vampires, I, I, dogs I, and I, cats living together. No, mass hysteria. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, no, I'm dead yeah. serious. I, I played <laughs> World of Darkness for a long time, and and having werewolf and vampires together is just bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, I spoke to Sam out of game about how my hunter was going to leave the organization citing philosophical differences, <laughs> and that he would try and stay out of their way as long as they stayed out of his. That seems very reasonable. Yes. Uh, I was then going to bring in a new character and continue with the group as normal. The moment of truth, TM, uh, <laughs> comes uh, and I speak to the leader in-game. That's when Sam decided that uh, he would rather chase my character <laughs> through the city with a giant kill sat. <laughs> So like a giant laser beam giant is coming laser. out of yeah, space, just burning up <laughs> whole city blocks, trying to get them. You may fire at will, Commander. It's uh, it's uh, Star. Uh, which Star Trek was that? The one with the whales. Oh, uh, four, three. Well, he three? sent the probe. The big probe. It's it <laughs> like. Isn't that the? What's the one that cut the big swaths? That wasn't the new one. He didn't see yeah, it. Yeah, that was the new one. That was um, that like cut off Florida. Yeah, cut Florida. <laughs> the, the big, the, the big, the big drill that would hang down and. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> <laughs> I'm gonna keep reading before somebody dies. Yeah, he's gotta see this shirt that Bill got me. It's Spock in a stormtrooper costume. Oh, that's <laughs> cool. Yeah, it's awesome. No, no, I, I enjoy the the <laughs> willful <laughs> misaligning of sci-fi genres. That's funny. That's okay, <laughs> but you can't talk about the new Star Trek movies around me. <laughs> what, what, you know, he's making the next Star Wars one. Why? Can't, yeah, why can't yeah. Talk about those because it's the shittiest shit in shitville. <laughs> That's why. Really? This is uh, the nerd rage right here. Oh, I, I greatly enjoyed those movies, both of them. 
<laughs> I, I know. I evidently, I'm, I'm, I'm lighting myself up for hate or Dave's out. Dave just, he just threw his headphones down on the ground. He's out. He's, he's walking out. <laughs> he's gone. He's out. He's left. He's closed the door. I, 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 I wonder, lock it behind him. I, I, I wonder what's going to happen with my game that he's playing in now. I, am I going to be needing to look for a new player? <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, that's too much. I I meant I really hate those movies. I, I meant they're horrible. I hated every <laughs> how, how minute. How dare of you them. like something Dave dislikes? I, I know, right? You. I, and he's that is gonna, not the nerd way. Yeah, he's, gonna, he's, gonna, <laughs> he's prepared to stab. He's stalking with scissors. <laughs> that's a reminder. He's galumphing with scissors. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I All also right. I also like the D and D movie for whatever that's worth. Well, it's just funny. <laughs> it's, it's so bad, it's, it's good. Right, it's just funny. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, all right. Good. Let me finish reading this. All right. <laughs> <clears throat> mm, let's see. Uh, yes, instead of merely letting me change characters, he attempted to railroad my character by using an orbital laser to carve up the city. Yes, because the first thing I think of when I think of Old World of Darkness is orbital lasers. Oh, there kill sats. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah that's, that's absolutely what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Because they're based on vampire tech. Uh-huh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's actually like they, they take a whole bunch of fangs. It's like the story of Diamonds Are Forever, the Bond movie, but it's all vampire fangs instead of diamonds. Oh. On a satellite. Focusing solar energy yeah, down yeah. through into a laser. Yeah. Because as the sun shines on the fangs in space. Yeah. Focus. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I get it. But it's only one shot. I, th- I think that's in the uh, the Gehenna well, well, that's, world that's, book. That's all you need. Is yeah, yeah. yeah, that's in the Time of Judgment Gehenna book. I think that's in there. When he inevitably caught my hunter, <laughs> <laughs> that, that deserved it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, he uh, when he inevitably caught my hunter, he then revived <laughs> him with a weird super science and made him a hulking monster. So he went from being the one lone sort of average guy in this group of monsters. Who's a monster? To being to being Frankenstein. <laughs> right. Uh, I was furious, but he couldn't understand why. Because when uh, they revived him, I got, like, a huge power boost. Dude. Which was not the problem at all. The game ended, and Sam was kept from running games for a very long time. <laughs> yeah, especially some, some guy, especially when you ask, Can I, I'm going to retire my character. Yeah. Well, and in a perfectly reasonable way, who's like, hey, guess what? I am going to try and go live my life on a small island somewhere. As long as you fuckers don't come around, we're all good. Right. Exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah. Especially especially having the maturity as a sophomore in high school to be like, yeah, I'm not having fun with this character. I'm going to peacefully just send him on his siesta. And make a monster. And make him. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's, that's pretty good. All right. You, you want to read the door doesn't open that way? Yeah, sure. Right. I'll read that one. This is his second one. Long after high school, say 2011 or so, a new group forms up. It's been a long time since the spite cannon incident. I still (laughs) love that term, the spite cannon. It's been a long time since the spite cannon incident, and Sam was itching to DM a Pathfinder campaign. We relented, mistake number one, and went about making characters. It was loosely based on the Kingmaker adventure path, but it ended up being more like Kingmaker, slightly interesting, but mostly inconvenient series of events path. I forget who played what, but it was a pretty decent spread of classes. We had a diverse skill set, which I thought would serve us well. Oh, how wrong I was. 
We were hired to clear a monster-infested temple in the wilderness. As we did so, we came upon a secret door. They were all very excited, as we had gotten zero loot so far. And this was the third session. Zero loot at the third session. Mm-hmm. Surely there would be some sweet gear laying just inside the other side of this sultry minx of a door. We then proceeded to spend... <laughs> we, we then proceeded mm-hmm. to spend three hours trying to open it. Three fucking hours. I'm assuming he meant real time. Like that's, yeah, table that's, time. Right? Yeah, that's table time hours. That's terrible. That's horrible. <clears throat> After the first hour, it became a sticking point. At this point, we told Sam that there'd better be hookers and blackjack behind that door, because if not, we were going to have a problem. <laughs> it eventually got to the point where we had tried everything, up to and including music, up to and including using magic to create a pressure differential, so the door would shift slightly and we could see where to move it. We were getting frustrated. You think? <laughs> it devolved into a shouting match. Sam, we've been at this for three hours. This is ridiculous. Seriously, it's not a plot-specific thing. Just let us open the door and move on. Sam got very mad and finally allowed us to open the door. What was behind it, you ask? A pile of dirty rags and an old coin. (laughs) Not even a magic pile of dirty rags. We (laughs) threw our hands up and said, fuck it. We turned in the quest on the old guy who hired us, uh, went into the temple, and came out with some loot for us. Kevin, our Inquisitor, looks at Sam and says, Where the fuck did he get that stuff from, Sam? Was it behind that fucking door? Fuck this and fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) I was Sam's ride home, and we had a serious talk about what went wrong. Turns out we had tried everything except the very specific set of motions and actions that would open the door. Boo. Boo. Yeah, boo. There There were no clues, no skill rolls to give hints, nothing. It was just awful. That game died Right then and there. I assume that was Sam's second and last chance to GM. Uh, I hope so. <laughs> it was 2011. I don't know. I don't know. We've, we've got another one that he wrote in. He okay. said they're vaguely <laughs> chronological. Yeah. Right. So. Okay. Freak out. Origins. My wife and I recently had triplets, which has put my gaming on indefinite hiatus lately. I completely understand, my friend. And I'm You understand sixty six point six percent of that. Yeah, I, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Can't imagine triplets, Jesus. There's a, at I, least at least with twins you have two parents. Triplets? Yep. Someone's left out in the cold. That that was the first <laughs> thing that Bruce told me. He said, You know what your first mistake is, right? I went, No, dude, what? And he goes, You let your fucking kids outnumber you. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, You're right. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, uh, while she was pregnant, I took it upon myself to cram as much gaming in my life like a chubby great white at a seal concert. (laughs) 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 The Origins game, Origins game convention was only two hours away and and the last time I had gone, it had been a blast. So as my last hurrah, I got tickets and registered for my games. In general, the con was awful. I have never had less fun gaming even playing under Sam. The worst was a vampire game I signed up for out of nostalgia. The game itself was bad. The GM barely knew the rules and was making shit up on the fly. Oh, don't sign up for any of my games. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no, no. There's a difference between making up story shit on the fly and making up how the rules mechanics yeah. work on yeah. the fly. Yeah, I do both. <laughs> if I don't know it, I do. I, uh, probably like this. 
Sometimes that gets right. So well, the- yeah, but here's the thing. You're using your reasoned, informed opinion <laughs> of the way the game system works to probably answer some obscure rule. Oh, yeah. Sometimes. And, and, and like somebody's like, what's the rule for when I want to pick the lock with liquid nitrogen instead of using a lockpick set, even though I'm a scientist and not a... And you're like... And, and the problem with... with- with a lot of vampire players, and I'm speaking from experience here because I ran for a lot of vampire players, is because uh, I tend to do that as well. Mm-hmm. You know, and someone says, "Hey, I want to do this." It's like, ah, you know, <coughs> roll roll a six sided, and if you get a one, you do it. Or when you know, you just go right. up with something real quick just to keep the action going. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but but the vampire system has a lot of specific rules in it, and a lot of vampire players know that system. Like they know it. They know it. Mm-hmm. And if you say, uh, you know, I want to search this, you're like, all right, just you know. Roll strength and whatever, and if it's not right, they will go. Um, I'm sorry. But the rule is actually to roll strength plus search <laughs> in a dice pool, and because I'm doing this, I get you know an extra die in my bonus, and it's. And I'm sorry. I'm not. A, <laughs> I'm not meaning to insult vampire players. No, I am one, but that, but, that was an, but there is absolutely a, amazing combination of like the comic book store guy yeah. and like a chick from Clueless. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was going for, huh? But, <laughs> that was and a little bit of tappy thrown in. <laughs> yeah, I am. Do you want me to pick up? Okay, so what I'm talking about? I'm sorry, I, I don't. <laughs> Your shoes are far too short, my friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't know tappy either, so I shouldn't make fun of them. I suppose. You need knee boots. <laughs> yeah, a, a big, big, yeah. fair knee boots. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I think you were reading. Oh, we I'm, totally, I'm reading. Yeah, yeah we, totally, you were reading. we totally right. derailed. <laughs> Makes it on the fly, which would have been fine if it hadn't specifically said he was very comfortable with the rules beforehand. Oh, okay. I'll just make sure I always say, by the way, I barely know this game. Let's go. Um, <laughs> Buckle up. <laughs> right. Well, that's, it. that's the thing. It's like, because when you have a game that Tyler's in, Tyler knows rules, doesn't he? He, re- he like I, the guys. The guy remembers everything he reads. Yeah, and it, it, it's like an encyclopedia. And yeah, he, yes. and, and he is not. He has not had the player's handbook any longer than I have. No, but it's like he's read through it once. I've read through it once, but he remembers all of it, and I remember ten percent, maybe. We're playing a D and D five game on Roll Twenty. We had our first session a couple weeks back. Uh huh. And Tyler's in it, and uh, they wound up uh, flanking a, a bandit. Right, and I was like, "Hey, does anyone know if there's a flanking rule in D and D five? And Tyler goes, "I'm going to use the same voice. Uh, yes, it's on page 193 of the player's handbook. It's an optional rule which you can do, and it just gives everybody advantage." Right, and I'm not making fun of Tyler, but it's wow, he knew that. Mm-hmm. He he knew that. It was it was impressive, and he hasn't had time to like read through the rule yeah. nine times. Yeah, no, he's he's probably just read it once. He just got incredible me- reading retention. Exactly. Uh, this is not the horror story though the horror story comes from my fellow player when my fellow players show up a trio of people show up a skinny guy a woman who is so attractive as to look out of place and her boyfriend who looked like a mix mix between the fat guy on Lost and Meatloaf the food not the singer (laughs) oh my god (laughs) (laughs) That guy was rich. Uh, uh, red C- Red Sai Red C oh, in the chat room says. <laughs> red Sai in the chat room says that that's the uh, perfect vampire goth. Y- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. 
my I make my greetings and everyone sits down. The GM starts explaining the premise of the scenario, to which Meatloaf begins getting agitated. <laughs> uh, warning lights start going off in my head, but also something else. Glee? Could this be it? Could this be my very own convention freakout story? <laughs> On the outside, I was calm and nodded along, but I was no longer paying attention to the GM's woeful, inaccurate setting information. I was mentally giggling like Stu at a particularly good dick joke. <laughs> As the setting information prattled on... In the background, he began to get more and more agitated. He begins to sweat. His face turns red. He mumbles, Oh, come on, what? Really? Stuff like that. His girlfriend whispers to calm him down and pats his hand. His, he face palms a few, time, a few times and blows exasperated air through his lips a few more times. He snatched her drink like a man dying of thirst and downed it in one go. I think I ran vampire for that guy once. <laughs> <laughs> is he going to blow up? Is he going to fight the GM over some perceived slight? Am I looking at Bruce Banner's awkward neckbeard years as he tries <laughs> to flex his nerd rage? <laughs> Alas, it was not to be. He suddenly stands up and rushes out of the room. Shortly after his girlfriend, his, shortly after his girlfriend gets a call, and you can see the, just see the defeated look on her face. She makes an excuse and leaves as well. Thus, my chance to see a true con freakout was thwarted. The rest of the game was lackluster. I kept thinking longingly about the rotund ball of loathing and angst. Wherever you are, Meatloaf, I hope you get your rage out, and I hope it was just as entertaining as it was in my dreams. Those are my horror stories. Keep up the good work. Get all sloppy drunk if you want. Those who have fallen to a ridiculous amount of children salute you and wish you good gaming. Ryan from Ohio. There you go. Thank you very much. I love I love horror stories. I've been getting a lot lately. Got, I know you guys had a couple last yeah, last man. week too. I love them. So I'm trying to think if there's anything else I need to plug. Oh, um, the next EP of gaming songs I shipped to CD Baby yesterday. Five songs. It's got GameCon on it. It's got um, <clears throat> Min Maxed, which people have wanted for years. Uh, and, it's got the reggae one, and it's got a couple of other songs I don't think I've ever played yet. But aren't I'm, really I'm funny. sorry, a reggae gaming song? <coughs> yeah, it's called um, Throw Down Decrit. Oh, that's... Got to pick up the dice, awesome. got to throw down Decrit. Throw down Decrit, man. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So that, that's it. shipped. Um, I would guess in the next week or two, that should pop up on iTunes. It's five songs. I think I, I set the price at four ninety five, or you can buy them for 99 cents, and save not a cent. And I did the artwork in 10 minutes. <laughs> I took a picture, I cropped it, I put text in it. I'm like, ah, I gotta get this out. Cause I've been, the last time I I'd checked the mixes on them was almost a year ago. It was <laughs> February of 2014. So that's shipped. It'll happen soon. If you want to buy a, a t-shirt, you can get a 2XLs. I think I got 2XLs left. One, three. I don't know what I got. You can go to angryfolk.com slash store. I still have some t-shirts left, I think. Uh, and I'll do a second run of t-shirts some, probably sometime this summer, I think. Um, and then that's it. Anything else you can think of? Anything, anything you want to plug? Anything no. Oh, thank you to easyrollerdice.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I appreciate the support. And if you want to support the show, best way to do that is support sponsors because that keeps them coming back. They were very happy with the response they got last time. They decided to sponsor second episode. So appreciate oh, that. Excellent. excellent. And I think uh, easyrollerdice.com and their, um, the offer code is happyjacks. And that will give you uh, 10% off. So it's like 23 bucks for the dice, free shipping in the U.S. So there you go. I'm totally going to do that. 
Yeah, I think, <coughs> I, think I might too. I have sets for the con. My, yeah. my, my CFO might be a little upset, but this is gaming, damn it. It is, right. And it's cheap. Yeah. It, it actually will cost you money not to buy other dice. It totally will, yeah. 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 <laughs> and thanks for having me. Oh, yeah, thank you for coming out. Dan, come yeah, on thanks, again. Thanks come for having me. Come, in, come back in again. Yeah, and thanks for uh, all the people in the chat room and stuff listening to me stumble through Yeah, not horribly entertaining stories. Yep, and thank you. Yeah, thank you. If, you, if you'd like to listen to the show live, you can listen at happyjacks.org slash live. It's usually 11 o'clock-ish on uh, sun- Saturday mornings, Pacific time. Uh, if Gina's on, it's usually early, because she works in the afternoon. So if she's on, we usually try to start at 10. So. I see. But I'll, I'll let the time out when the show happens. And I'll try to re- try to remember to do that next week. And we'll, Obviously, we won't have a Saturday morning show at the, on President's Day weekend because of the Game Con. We'll do the evening show live from there. And I may try to stream it if they can give me internet. I can apparently pay them like 20 bucks and they'll give me internet in the lobby down there or whatever room it oh, is. Really? That in. Supposedly. Yeah, that's what uh, Sandoval told me. Well, that's worth a try. It, yeah. 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 <clears throat> you got to have good speed to upload that video, though, man. Yeah. I mean, I just put webcams up inside the thing. Oh, you can do a full video streaming thing, not just audio. Well, I mean, not like I have like cameramen, but just like you know, stick cameras well, up. Yeah, why not? That's... Maybe I don't. I don't know. Yeah, it might be too much work. I'm starting to talk myself out of that now. <laughs> <laughs> the, whole camera, the whole camera thing adds a whole dimension of setting shit up. Yes, yeah, it does. Yeah, and we usually are rushing just to get shit set up. I've simplified my portable recording system now. Sure. So Bill used it just by me. Uh, new album on Google Play too. Yes, SB Lloyd. It will also be on Google Play. It will be on Amazon, iTunes, Google Play, a couple other sites. I can't remember, but uh, it will be out there. Spotify. Uh, I don't think it will be on Spotify. So you can make your one penny. <laughs> no. In fact, I think I opted out of the streaming services. Oh, I'm not a, not a yeah. fan. Sorry, <laughs> not a fan. <laughs> Not a fan of them from the from the producing side of of music. Uh, so that's it. And yep. We're listeners of Happy Jacks RPG Podcast. Thank you for joining us for season fourteen, episode eight of Happy Jacks RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. I'm Kadeem. I'm Tim. And we'll leave you with a song. Thank you. It's a hobby from Michigan to Australia and maybe East Timor. The Prince Exalted, Girls of Dungeons and Dragons. It'll have find a major savage place. Straining against the funk Cause our socks and drawers are old 
on the 105 for an afternoon drive, whizzing by the freeway floor up. In the passenger seat is my best friend Pete, a fat man in a fedora. Breaker 1-9, this is Drekdar in the dark. I was momentarily detained in the hotel entrance, fat beard. The valet was trying to charge me an exorbitant fee. It appears we have ourselves a game con. Yeah, we got ourselves a game con, playing for 40 strings. We got ourselves a game con, our hygiene if you wait. We got ourselves a game con, our games after fun. We had to pass by Suspender Row where the Civil War Minutemen play. The room smelled like it was Monday night, even though this was just the first day. The argument phase was in full swing, old fat beard swearing and a spitting. Some sued for peace, but the fighting ceased when the Confederate threatened he was quitting. Breaker went nine, fat beard, this is Dragnar again. I'm going to be late to the Pathfinder game. My opponent accused me of moving the 111th Fusiliers unit during the secondary reaction movement phase. I told him I was a Jetson because he nudged them. We should be using X's. Yeah, we got ourselves a game con, playing for 40 strings. We got ourselves a game con, our hygiene if you wait. We got ourselves a game con, our kids have the fun. And we'll be playing all the night, till morning sun. Late at night on con day three that the hotel staff started straining. They were offering us complimentary Febreze because the other guests there were complaining. The band is all from the bar and cafe at the fast food there wouldn't serve us. The concierge split and the maids all quit. Couldn't blame them. They didn't deserve us. Break your wet night, Ben Beard. Save me a place at the OSR game. Bum, 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 bum.